We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder, and this week on Head and Heart Word Conversations, we're talking to Bunny Michael. Bunny, whose pronouns are they, them, is a writer, artist, musician, and spiritual activist, They are the creator of Conversations with My Higher Self and the host of the XO Higher Self podcast. Bunny, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love this show. Thank you so much. I'm going to take like a couple minutes to like puke all my love onto you at the beginning of the show and just say that I... I've been a follower of your work for so long and I find it so inspiring. I get, um, it fills me up and it gives me inspiration for our show and inspiration for my life. And it honestly, like on our show, I told you earlier, we do blind dates every week. Your, Mm -hmm. your Instagram account was probably maybe my second or third blind date three years ago. Um, when we first started the show. So I'm just, I'm just so thrilled to share you with our just breakup listeners. Oh, wow. That's so sweet <laughs> to hear. That's awesome. Um, so just to start, um, because we're going to reference it a couple times, for those listeners at home who maybe don't follow you yet, um, can you tell me a little about, about the Higher Self series? Mm-hmm. Just sort of paint a picture for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started, you know, I've, I've been an artist and performer for a long time. And then I was struggling just like a lot of people do with the ups and downs of, am I going to make it? You know, am I cool enough or good enough? (laughs) Um, And then in about 2016, I was just kind of like at a breaking point. I was like going through a really bad breakup (laughs) and like really kind of like at an all time low and something just kind of clicked in me. um, And I like had this vision of me, like another me that looked like me, like comforting myself and like holding myself and like telling myself you're enough. And it just had this like really profound shift within me at that moment. Um, And right around that time, there was these evil Kermit memes going around. I don't know if you remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it was like the the thought and then like the lower thought, like the yeah, one that's yeah, like trying yeah. to kind of wish you do something yeah. bad or whatever, something that's not good for you. And I was like, well, what if I made one that was like for like the higher thought or like the thought I'm actually trying to uh, trying. have? Yeah. Because yes. I was like, this isn't, you know, it's funny, but it's not really good for me, these evil corporate means. <laughs> so I just like made a few. And at that time I had also done this like, workshop with Chani Nicholas. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. she, she's like a badass astrologer. And it was like a workshop about your 10th house. And, um, you know, that's what, about your career and like how you are in public. And I thought I was going to find out all this information about how I'm supposed to be this like rock star, you know, but actually it was like about like emotional healing and mm. psychological healing. And so 
I I really like honed in at that time about the shift in your thought, you know, so I have like an insecure thought and how do I shift that perspective into like a thought of that I am enough. So I just started writing these memes, creating these memes on Instagram without any expectation. And I started getting, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of following from it. And through the process, I've just kind of decided, you know, at, oh, sorry, going to go back. Yeah. After I posted a few of them, I saw that Chani was following me on Instagram. And at the time I was like, oh my God, like, it was like yeah, so fanning yeah. out. So I DM'd her and I was like, hey, um, I just want you to know that I took your workshop and, you know, you really inspired me to make these. And she was like, are you a Libra? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and she was like, keep going, keep yeah. going. And I was like, okay, wow. you know, it's just like another sign. So yeah. I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put this stuff out here on my Instagram, you know, because it's going to create something where I have to be accountable uh, to myself. Totally. It kind of just became my spiritual or self-help practice without any expectation. So, you know, years later after I've built this following and, and I realized, you know, this is what I'm meant to be doing. So I've kind of like honed in on exactly like what really higher self is through the process of like, you know, growing and learning and learning from people, you know, and, yeah. and, and seeing how they relate to language and all of that stuff. And for me, um, I kind of separated like your higher self is who you are beyond your learned hierarchical beliefs and learned hierarchical beliefs is kind of like this term I've sort of like developed basically for the conditioning that we've all grown up in, yeah. um, where the belief system is based on that. Um, some people are more worthy than others and our entire world is really created through that fundamental belief, you know, organized around that. And in my opinion, that's like the basis for all like human suffering and why the planet is being yes. destroyed because, um, it, it, it go it buys into the belief that the more you have, the more you are, you know, whether that's money or looks or, you know, status or whatever. So your higher self is who you are beyond that conditioning, beyond that belief mm. system, who you really are in your essence, because when, you know, you were born loving, Mm. You were born knowing you were worthy of care. You never questioned that, you know, it's, and then you're socialized into these beliefs. Maybe you had some trauma, you know, maybe somebody didn't treat you the way they should have. And so you internalize that as you not being worthy. So we all have this kind of stuff and we're all kind of looking at the world through this lens of, okay, I see I might be better than some people in this. Other people might be better than me. How do I climb up this hierarchical ladder? And you're Mm -hmm. always grasping, always grasping to try to climb up. And so that was the place that I was in. And through this process and through kind of understanding my own conditioning and knowing that I have to unlearn all of this stuff, um, that's just basically what I've been doing professionally since then. And, you know, created the podcast about it. And, you know, I'm writing a book about it now and, you know, all of these kinds of things. And so, yeah, that's basically what higher self is. It's just who you are beyond that conditioning. That is phenomenal. Um, I have one more question about like your origin story, but I wanted to read some example. I just like pulled up a couple recent examples to read to our listeners, Um, you know, as Bunny described they're in a photo. There's two of them. They're either in conversation or like sitting together. Um, uh, Often one is looking like distraught or concerned and the other bunny is comforting. And I'll just read three examples. Uh, they'll, They'll say me. I hate confrontation. Higher self, do you hate confrontation or do you not want other people to feel uncomfortable so you sacrifice your needs? Another one is me. Why am I so insecure? Higher self, you are not insecure. You have just been looking for security where you can't find it. A hierarchical belief system based on the illusion that some people are better than others. And my personal favorite today is me. I'm learning how to love myself. Higher self, you're unlearning the conditioning of your past that taught you you are unlovable. I read that this morning in preparation for this interview, and my mind just like took a moment to like absorb and shift, even with that small perspective, well, huge perspective, the idea, you know, myself included, but we hear so many people saying, oh, I want to learn how to love myself. Or I'm on this self-loving journey, but I love the idea that to love ourselves is a natural state. It's a natural mm-hmm. thing. We need to to unlearn that conditioning that we are unlovable in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we are not difficult to love. It is challenging to learn how to 
to not unlove yourself or, or I may, mm-hmm. might be misstating that, but mm-hmm. I thought that was so, so powerful. Um, I wanted to know uh, just a little bit, our listeners ask us a lot because we joke that we're very, that we're unqualified, that we're not relationship help, help <laughs> people, you know, they weren't, we don't have a degree in this or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, we often point to like our own healing journey and therapy and other resources like that. Mm-hmm. And so like where, what, what brought you to this or like, what are some things along your personal path that brought you to this work? Right. Yeah. I've basically been, you know, on a spiritual self-help journey, like a lot of people for many years. I remember I, the, what initiated, initiated it originally was I got out of like a five-year abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked up, I like started doing yoga and I picked up <laughs> as we like, all do. <laughs> yeah. I like picked up Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. I think that was yeah. like the first spiritual book. This was like back in 2008. So this was a while ago. And I was like, whoa, you know, these concepts were kind of coming to my mind that kind of initiated me. And then I started doing, you know, other practices and, you know, plant medicine and all that kind of stuff and just trying different things out. And I think that another thing that I noticed in that journey and why I've been so drawn to becoming more of a voice in like, and, and, you know, putting this higher self message out there is that I think a lot of the stuff that is out there is in the self-help spiritual community is a little bit um, whitewashed and it doesn't mm-hmm. always acknowledge the issues that I personally was facing like transphobia or racism or, you know, or politics. And, you know, I felt like it kind of left that stuff out, not wanting to be quote unquote divisive or whatever. Um, and I was really looking for that, you know, and, th- you know, like so many of us, we've all kind of been growing in our awareness Mm-hmm. trying to understand our own privilege, trying to understand the stuff that we're carrying around, trying to be part of the solution while at the same time not being overwhelmed by the things that are going on. And higher self is a, is a part of you that can sustain you within that because mm-hmm. higher self is the compassion, is the realization you're not condi- you're, you are not your conditioning and neither is anybody else. And when yeah. you start to see and to separate that uh, learned hierarchical behavior from mm-hmm. who the person really is in their essence, it's a lot easier to feel okay in this world to to keep moving forward, um, to not take it so personally. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, I mean, which in essence is what compassion is, um, seeing the world through that lens. Wow. So yeah, I'm really excited to, you know, keep sharing that message. And I think that a lot of people are, are looking for how we can still talk about these things and then off, but also still be spiritual loving people. Mm, yeah. My next question was really just a comment, comment on that, uh, that, that particular thing that you're able to do so beautifully, which is acknowledge the whole person um, and also acknowledge these hi- hierarchical conditionings, these threads. There's so many threads that make us who we are and maybe who we don't want to be or what prevent us from that higher self. Um, can you talk just maybe a little bit more about um, an example of that hierarchical conditioning or or something that you've had to work out through your through your higher self process? Yeah. I mean, I think let's say, for example, like within like the spiritual community, you know, like I think like the thing is, is that like your learned hierarchical beliefs can show up in every different area of your life, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's something that is supposedly about love, you know, and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this whole hierarchy of like, oh, I'm more spiritual than that person. I'm more awakened in that area than that person. And So for me, you know, being in having a platform or like being on social media and stuff has really helped me see how much, how easy it is to play into that Mm. kind of wanting to have that kind of status or, you know, that kind of validity through the numbers Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, really realizing that, you know, all of that is an illusion and Mm -hmm. it isn't, it does not give me worth. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, once you let go of that need to be validated in those ways, to be better than other people, basically. I mean, that's yes. really what it comes down to. Yes. You're you're wanting to be better than other people because it's going to make you feel like, okay, I'm not the worst. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, at it's least I'm better com- than that. Comfort, person. feeling comfortable when, like, yeah. wor- the world is deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I would say, you know, social media is a big one, obviously, for everybody, 
And I think it's just kind of working, uh, talking about this stuff within that context is kind of a trip, you know, because it's like, you know, I'm like using it as a way of saying it. Um, But yeah, I mean, it creeps up. It's it's so many things. It's in relationships. It's even within your part, you know, who your partner is Mm -hmm. like being like weirdly, like, how am I using my partner in in order to make myself feel better about myself? You know, Mm -hmm. like, and how, what kind of pressure is that putting on that person? How unfair that is um, to make them the one thing that validates me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so it's on so many levels. It is. So it totally levels. is. We we are calling these interviews Head and Heart Work Conversations because Head and Heart Work was sort of a tagline that came from our, our primary episodes conversations about, um, you know, getting over heartbreak, but also moving through the world, growing, holding yourself accountable, being compassionate. It requires like both things all, you know, it requires the whole self. So your, your feeling space, your thought space, and that like, and your body and soul or whatever you want to consider in that equation. Um, and I, I hear that a lot when you're talking about this higher self person because, or this entity, because it's the thoughts, it's the, it's the response you want to have versus the reaction. And so it's almost like a conversation between those two, um, how does, this might be a very simple question or a very complicated one, but like, how does somebody start these conversations with their higher self or are there any like first steps or exercises? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there is. I mean, I think the first step is just sort of becoming aware of the things that you're telling yourself, mm. you know, it's just kind of building the awareness around the thoughts that you're having around mm-hmm. something, you know, if you're feeling if you're struggling with something, you're struggling in your relationship or struggling in your single life or struggling in your career, you know, what are the thoughts that are coming up for you that is making mm-hmm. you feel bad and making you feel scared? And where are those thoughts coming from? Um, mm-hmm. I think that like there's so many factors that contribute to that, whether it's the, the social cultural conditioning that you've been brought up and to believe in your, your past, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and all of these thoughts. And I also just want to say like building awareness about them is, it doesn't mean that they're bad. Okay. It's not like trying to make them bad or make you bad for having them or anything like that. Like higher Mm -hmm. self is really the compassionate patient perspective that is just encouraging you along the way of Mm. this, you know, and it's like one step at a time, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm noticing like when it comes to this issue in my life, I, I, I think I'm not good enough for it for some, you know, what, what Mm -hmm. is that? Where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. Is it because of the way I look? Is it because nobody that looked like me ever did that before? Mm -hmm. You know, is it because like at one time I tried and I didn't succeed in the way that I wanted to and that kind of, you know, so it's like, you kind of build, you start by building awareness and then you actually, I mean, you actually really just kind of workshop those thoughts and really like ask yourself, what would my higher self say to me in this situation? You know, what is the unconditioned part of me telling me? Like, what is my heart speaking to me and saying, you know? And when you, when you do that kind of shift in your perspective, that's when, when those thoughts come up, you can start to build more awareness around them. You can start to create space around them. You can start to be like, oh, you know what? I'm not, I I don't have time today for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going there today, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's these subtle changes Mm -hmm. that happen when you put that into your your practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it is like a very practical tool, um, that you can take with you and you could take in different aspects of your life. You know, I know like, as people who are working on ourselves, sometimes different areas of our life are more prominent at certain mm-hmm. times. You know, like if you're going through a breakup, that's kind of taking up all of your mental mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And you do an advice um, podcast and my advice, my podcast is advice too. And so mm-hmm. through that, I've sort of like seen how, you know, there's always like some major kind of like thing issue that's going on with somebody at one time, mm-hmm. you know, and you can workshop that stuff. You can you do have the answer within yourself. We always say, you know what to do. Like there is that, you know, what's interesting is when I was prepping for this, I was thinking too, like there is that inner voice that we have that we often like muffle or subdue or anything. But I also think it gets confused with those other inner voices, those trained voices, you know, Mm -hmm. how do we, how do we learn to trust which is the right voice coming from within us, I guess. Well, I think higher self is the voice for love. 
Mm. You know, it, it, and, and I think you do really know what the voice for like for love. You can ask yourself, is this my is this love speaking or is this fear speaking? You know, mm, I love. That. Is this my pain? Is are the, is this my wound speaking or is this love speaking? And that doesn't mean you say yes to everything, because I think love says no a lot. Love knows. Right. When you need a boundary or when you need to take a step back or when you need to like go slower. Right. You know, um, and love acknowledges where you are in the journey and that's totally okay. You know, right. so I think a lot of time people think about it like, oh, if I'm listening to like love, then that means I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm ready for it or mm-hmm. like there's nothing I'm, I can't do, you yeah. know, or something like that. And it's like, no, it just acknowledges that where you are right now in your healing journey is totally okay. Yeah. Like the whole point is that you are enough just how you are. That is the entire point of it. Yes. Not further on down the line when you've healed more, not further on down the line when you found that person or when you've gone through that many years of therapy or whatever, or made up with your parents or whatever it is, it's now. It's really right now. So I think that's like the difference. It is. And I, when I think about self-help resources or other conversations or resources or things out there that are happening, I think that's where your work and your, your mission and your content um, is unique to me because um, it's just, it's so, it, it encompasses like the accountability that we want to have to grow, to be the person we want to be, but with so much acceptance. And what I love about it, particularly um, just a quick tangent, like the other day we were interviewing a, um, a psychologist and she has a book about um, called adult children of emotionally immature parents. And it's all about, I've um, heard about that book. Yes. Her name is Lindsay Gibson. The book like changed my co-host life. And um, it's just very empowering. And, and, Part of her work came out of all of her patients that she was seeing in in clinical or in research. Um, she she kept thinking like these people are really emotionally mature and they're very thoughtful and self reflective. Like why am I seeing them and not the people that gave them the wound or you know like it, it, she she started wondering like why are these very emotionally capable people coming in to seek therapy to talk about their relationships with other people who seem difficult or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I, I bring that up because I think your work does this amazing job of allowing us to shift our perspective about ourselves. All of a sudden, it's not a narrative of I'm broken. I'm not enough. Why can't I do this? Why am I attracting toxic relationships? But instead it allows you to like a metaphor that I would use is like, it allows you to turn a crystal to see a different side of the prism to Mm -hmm. be like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's not me, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. and, and, but it creates space for accountability and growth at the same Mm -hmm. time saying these, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't born with these wounds. I didn't, I wasn't born with this quote unquote brokenness. Someone gave this to me. People, institutions, systems of oppression gave me this understanding of myself. So, so going back to Lindsay Gibson's ideas, like, it's so funny that we are the ones that are saying like, I'm broken. I need to heal myself. Well, Mm -hmm. what if we were already unbroken, if we were already unhealed and part of our journey was seeing, separating ourselves from that and, and just Mm -hmm. the, even the visual component of your work does such a beautiful, beautiful job of allowing us to see ourselves as that, um, no question there, just a a comment Mm -hmm. of, of, of how I love that separation. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, 
all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. So... You've already touched on this a little, but I know because you are another human soul that you must feel inner resistance when accessing this higher self or accessing mm-hmm. um, these thoughts. Uh, what do you do to navigate that? I mean, honestly, you know, I just kind of try to take it one step at a time and I'm going to have uh, a bad day. And I yeah. think a, lo- a lot of things that help for that are helpful to me is that, you know, I don't have to be motivated every single day. I don't have to be in a good mood every single day. I let myself, you know, have the, that moment because I think what happens, especially for people who are on an inner journey is like, we'll be struggling with something and then we'll be like mad at ourselves yeah, because we're struggling. And then we're just adding another layer of like judgment and it's not that we're like anxious. That's the problem is that we like judge ourselves for being anxious. That's a problem. It's like, we are human beings. You know, we live in a chaotic world. We're going to have all kinds of feelings that are temporary and they do, they do, they do like, you know, transform. Yeah. But when sometimes what happens is that we like our judgment holds on to them so much and we make it, we could, because we make it who we are. We start identifying with it, you know? And so then we start carrying it with us everywhere we go rather than just letting it move through us and letting it go in its natural organic way that it will, you know, letting yourself feel those feelings and, and then, you know, being able to not, not make yourself wrong for having them. Um, so that's kind of like what I try to do personally in my life is like not put pressure on myself to be this like really awakened person or something. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Because if I did that, then I would be like, I'm failing, you know, all the time. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I guess that, I mean, I struggle too. I have like really, I question myself and, 
But I feel like also sharing the memes and stuff and having a daily practice like that helps. And I definitely do encourage people to have what even a, you know, five minute thing every day where, you know, you just check in. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, doing, I think having that practice and really helps me too. Even just, even just taking the structure of your meme and, and having a hard thought and thinking like, well, how would my higher, most compassionate self, the, the, the self that sees all the threads that make me who I am, what, how would they acknowledge this? Where would they put quote unquote blame? You know, um, I, yeah. I also love something I really admire about your work, especially as somebody who like lives in a somewhat public realm. Um, I, so I know it takes a lot of work and effort and energy from you. I noticed today that you like respond to comments often, not all the time, but you'll, you'll put compassion out there. And I just read one today that where someone was saying, I'm struggling with this. This is hard. And you just commented like, it is hard. You're right. But, uh, compassion and encouragement works more than shame. And it was just such a simple thought. So another simple practice that we can apply to those, those hard thoughts that are put up. Um, just respect that work that you do. Um, so shifting to the realm of relationships, the one that I mostly inhabit, um, mm-hmm. something I see a lot in our letters from our wonderful listeners and in my own life, obviously, um, is the struggle to give ourselves permission to take up space or to validate our feelings as much as we validate and nurture others. And I see this common thread reflected in your work as well. I'm assuming because we as a society and culture, you know, are teaching us to devalue our own feelings. Um, do you have any insight on that or, or have you seen that as a trend in your life and others? Yeah. Um, I think that people do that, you know, because they're, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's difficult to understand how to relate to somebody and how to be like loving and giving to somebody and also to yourself at the same time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really, really hard for, for people, especially people that are probably calling into your podcast are people who are very thoughtful, um, caring and want to do their best you know, and are accountable and, you know, want to be self-accountable. And I think, so it's kind of a balance between, yes, you know, you, your feelings are valid and so is the other person's. Um, so it's not an issue of like, who's right, who's wrong. It's an issue of like seeing each other and where Mm -hmm. each other are, you know, in their own stage of growth and how can you support each other by validating both of each other at the same time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's like, you know, you being vocal about your needs is actually what love, you know, I have like a meme or something that's like, oh, like I just, I'm like the giver in the relationship. You know, that's just like how I feel comfortable or whatever. And I, something like higher self says something like, you know, you're not really being the giver if you're not giving emotional vulnerability. You know, yes. that's the most important wow. thing you can give. Yeah. Right. So you're actually withholding. Wow. Um, and so, and honesty, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, in my own relationship, I have like a very similar, I'm like a, I tell you every single thing I feel person. <laughs> and my spouse is like, I won't tell you every single yes. thing I feel and I'll hold it in. And then all of a sudden I'll be in a bad mood. Um, and so learning, you know, just learning like what's easy for people, what's more difficult for people. Some people grew up in a house where you couldn't communicate your feelings. Yes. You know, so it's just, yeah, I think it's just, you know, taking that compassionate, you know, not only do you have stuff, so does the other person. Yeah. Well, I have a a perfect little segue. A couple months ago, we posted on our Just Breakup Instagram um, a quote from your higher self, EXO higher self podcast, and I'll read it and we can kind of, you can elaborate on it. You said breaking up with someone can also be an act of love because just like that person's needs can't meet your needs, you can't meet theirs either. They have a need that is a partner who doesn't require something they aren't capable of giving and you're not that person. So a breakup would be best for both of you. That's a quote from Bunny's podcast, XO Higher Self. Can you elaborate on that? People loved it. <laughs> Lots of comments. <laughs> Lots yeah, of conversation. We, 
Yeah, because I think what we've been kind of taught in our culture through like movies and TV shows is like whoever does the breaking, whoever gets broken up with is like the The bad person, the bad person or like failed. Like, you know, it was their fault. It didn't work out. It was because that person didn't love them. That's why they broke up with them. Um, And that's just not how relationships are, No, you know, and we don't put enough emphasis on compatibility. It's like, like if I always say to people, I'm like, okay, like you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you. Right. Full stop. You don't, you know? And so, yes, (laughs) it's like, if that person wants to break up with you, it isn't because you're not good enough. And I think sometimes people stay in relationships because they feel like breaking up with somebody is a harmful thing to do to somebody. And that's because that's what they've been kind of conditioned to believe in. Whereas really it's just like being caring for yourself, caring for yourself and, and doing what you need to do is also caring for the other person. Like the way I see love is love as being a state of awareness, right? So like, it's just a shift in your consciousness. And when you shift your consciousness, you can do these more difficult things with so much love, or you could do them without love. I mean, you could, you could tell somebody you want to marry them and not have a lot of love in your heart. You know, it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. really just the consciousness with which you do it. Mm -hmm. And when you have that consciousness of seeing the higher self in somebody, seeing their inherent value just for being who they are. Yes. I mean, you can break up with somebody with a lot of love and, and it is the right thing to do. Yeah. It is what love is calling you to do. Yes. Um, is, uh, this is just like a side question that's popped in my head that could be a simple answer. The higher self, is it, is it always a comfortable feeling when you access it or is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me more about not. that. I was just thinking about that. I was imagining those conversations that you were describing right there with my wife, like that. Um, I know when I'm most present and aware with her, it's it's also often moments where I'm really humbling myself and yeah. allowing myself to say the things that don't feel comfortable to say, yes. like, I'm sorry, I fucked up or, yes. you know, whatever. Um, and so I guess I just wanted to be affirmed in that, that that higher self feeling can be uncomfortable. Yeah, because, you know, what is familiar is comfortable. You yeah. Know, even if it t- it's something that totally holds us back or something that isn't good for us, we take a lot of comfort in what's familiar to us, including like how the example that we were raised in, um, yeah. what your example of love was growing up and having to, um, you know, find what love is for you. And, you know, all of that stuff is like that all of that stuff can be really, really uncomfortable. But on the other side of that is a lot more comfort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's worth it. It's Connection. worth it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, you might have already answered this like in your reflection in the answers before, but um, you are in a partnership, you're married. Um, and I'm wondering, um, I believe that a lot of, especially like longer partnerships can have seasons of learning and growing. Um, and I'm wondering what's something that you've learned in this season of your relationship? Oh, that's really funny because like, I, I think it's kind of similar to what I was just explaining. Like, Um, you know, my partner grew up in a home where feelings were kind of like not talked about, you know, because they were either not talked about or they were way, or they were dangerous, um, Mm. dangerously Mm -hmm. expressed. Yeah. So, um, it's, I have, I had to recently understand really, I knew a little bit before, but I've really come to understand. And what's really hard for me to hold sometimes is that sometimes my emotional expression is, is scary for my partner. Mm, And that feels really difficult for me because my issue is that, you know, I didn't feel like my emotions were heard, right, right. Growing up. Right. So, and this is just how the universe works. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you're not trying to find somebody who is the opposite of like what your house looks like at home looks like you often end up finding a very kind of almost similar situation and learning how to understand that it's not the same just because there's like, 
You know what I mean? That it's not the That's same. That's powerful just because, in itself right there. That yeah. it, it, even if it feels the same, looks the same, it, yes. it is not the same. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm feeling super triggered by the fact that like me crying, like, you know, can make them shut down. Yeah. You know, and like that feels really scary to me sometimes. This is not all the time, obviously, but like no, when it's bad, um, um, that is like really, really hard for me to hold. And recently I had to kind of understand that I, I think part of the lesson is that they are not the person that I always go to yeah, uh, with stuff. Um, because they want so badly for me to be okay. Like they're always looking to like, for me to be happy. Yeah. You know, they're always trying to please me. They're always trying to like make me happy in some way because it actually makes them afraid if I'm unhappy. But I'm right. just like, babe, I'm unhappy. Is that yeah, your fault? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to fix it. It's like, it's not yeah. your responsibility. They put it all on themselves. They put it yes. all, they make it themselves so responsible. So I'm like complaining about our new puppy, right? I'm like, oh my God, he was like such a pain in the ass this week. And Meanwhile, this whole time, they've been like having an inner panic attack about how unhappy I am about the dog. Totally. And I'm like, babe, I'm not unhappy. I'm really happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And totally. anyway, so that was just like a recent thing where I had to realize, okay, maybe I have to be a little bit more mindful before I start outwardly being annoyed with the puppy. And guess what? That's fine. Yeah. Like I, that's fine. If it, if it's going to give, if it's going to like give them a lot of anxiety, like I don't really need to complain about that in this moment. So yeah, it's like, we both kind of saw each other. We're both accepting each other for who we are. They want to accept me for who I am. I want to accept them for who they are. And sometimes it really clashes, but then you got to really like talk through it. But yeah, like you were saying, when you have to feel so uncomfortable, I had to really, I had to hold I'm like such an expressive person and it's so hard for me to think I can't express something. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? If my expression right now is making them feel unsafe, not my, it's not my fault, but they're still working through their trauma. Like they're still working through it with their therapist. Like it's, they're not there yet and that's okay. And I can, I can show compassion in that moment and I can help support their process by not pushing them too far. Yeah. What you're talking about, I love that you brought up compatibility earlier, because what you're talking about isn't just like surface level compatibility, nor is it like mountains of incompatibility. We're talking about like how you learn to be loved and heard versus how they learn to be loved and heard or expressed or whatever. I think about my father, who was a child of eight in like a very uh, unheard family. So now his primary way of of feeling loved and validated is to be listened to and Mm. that can be really easy to love him and it can also be really hard when when he's so hyper focused on being listened to as the only way that he feels affirmed from us um and it it sounds like you're doing that but deeper you know you're you're then reflecting well what are my needs really what are my needs really you know or or you know, that's, that's the work. Or as Lindsay Gibson in our last interview said, she doesn't think relationships take hard work. They take intention. And I thought that was like an Mm -hmm. interesting shift there. Not, I mean, I I say that they take work because they do, but I liked the idea of this intentional thought shifting, especially in your case, in terms of compatibilities and shifting that understanding around that. Yeah. Because I think like the term hard work doesn't necessarily include that you're being conscious about it. Yeah. It could just mean that you're like drudging along and you're like exhausted from the fight, but nothing, ha- you know, you and it ju- I feel like it, it justifies yeah. a lot of toxic relationships. When yeah. you're like, oh, relationships mm-hmm. take hard work. And you're like, well, it doesn't really have to be that hard, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Not um, too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we wrap up the re- every interview by asking our interviewees three questions. The first question is, what is a piece of relationship advice that you used to believe or that you were taught that you no longer subscribe to or find applicable in your life? I used to think that like abuse and toxicity didn't happen in queer relationships the same that happened in mm, um, wow. straight relationships. 
Like I used to think that like toxic masculinity wasn't part of the factor in queer relationships. Deep wound. And you're, I, you're talking about a deep wound for me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's that's not it's not true. And it's right. so dangerous to think that. You know, it's so like invalidating to so many people to so many. And, you know, that was part of the reason why I would stay. And I'm like, oh, but, you know, it's different, right? Yeah. Because it's not like a cis dude hitting me. So right. it's like a fight. Like we're just fighting, you know, it's like, right. mm. and that's, that's all of that patriarchy stuff. That's all of that, you know, like, um, so yeah, that was a big one um, Wow, that I definitely had to learn. What did mm-hmm. some of that unpacking look like if you don't, if you consent to sharing? It, you know, I think it had a lot of factors because I think what hurt the most about that was that when I did finally leave, it was like what had happened to me wasn't taken as seriously by my family and friends as if if, wow. if it had left a man. You know what I mean? Because they didn't yeah. know how to put it into context totally. or relate to it. So it, they kind of belittled it, it, you know, because, because they didn't know, you know, they yeah. weren't aware. Um, and I think that was really hard, you know, so yeah. I had somebody write into the podcast about leading an abusive relationship and it kind of re- made me remember, you know, cause like she was actually a really good, the person who wrote in was trying to help, uh, her friend who was in a relationship, uh, abusive relationship. She was trying to help her get out of it. She wouldn't, she won't get out of it. And it's triggering her because she used to be one, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And I was like in the middle of telling her like how amazing, what an amazing friend she is. And then I was like kind of remembering my friends at the time who didn't say anything mm. or didn't do anything. Um, and I was like, oh, kind of hurt. Um, so, yeah, I think that 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 was like a big one and to unlearn about queer relationships. But on a more positive note, I feel like one of the things that I learned – um, was that I thought once you're married, um, <laughs> that like you felt loved. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was so easy now because you got, so the, real. <laughs> you got married you got, and then you did the official thing, you know? Yeah. But actually what they don't tell you is that it actually makes you almost have like a nervous breakdown because you're like, what? I supposedly got what I wanted and I still feel I'm still struggling. I guess it really isn't that. I guess that really wasn't it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that. I feel like marriage could be one of those hierarchical um, conditionings that we have just this, this path that we kind of assume that we need to go on it that will give us that level of healing or happiness or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Every episode we ask our guests to give us a blind date, um, something that you love that you want to set our listeners up with. And this week, the blind date is... Okay, I I would say that it, I think it'd be really really cool. A really amazing book that I recently read was um, Ram Dass's recent um, autobiography called "Being Ram Dass." Okay, and he wrote it right before his passing because he you know he passed in uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been following his work for many many years. I've done work with like the Be Here Now Network, which is, which is his foundation. Right. The reason why I really liked it. Um, cause I've read many of his books was because in this autobiography, he talks about his queerness, which oh. I like, didn't even know about at all. Yeah. Like, cause I never knew about it. Um, and like how he, he kind of like repressed his queerness and what that meant, like spiritual communities that he was in, obviously growing up, you know, in the sixties through that whole like movement yeah, and stuff wow. like that. Um, and so it was, I mean, it was great. And it was, it's also really great too, because, you know, he always uses his experience as like an example of um, like where like your, those hierarchies pop up even on the spiritual journey. Yeah. Right. So he's so good at like catching himself at every single moment. And there's this one part of, of the book, you know, because he's a white guy, um, and, you know, privileged white man, who, you know, went to India, learned all the stuff, brought stuff back. And, and, um, but that he didn't ever really like talked about his whiteness very mm-hmm, much. And he mm-hmm. does address it. And he tells a story about how he was like on doing like a college visit or something like that, or working with some group and later in his life. And it was like a bunch of like people of color and, 
And, um, you know, they were like, who is this like white guy to tell us, you know, like to start meditating. Right. You know, it's like you, and he says in the book, he says, um, I realized that you can't meditate if you've never been given a voice. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like it was just so great to hear him, you know, say that. Um, Yeah, it was because I think very powerful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of these like older teachers um, in these communities and stuff, we, we can learn a lot from them, obviously, but you know, we are here there, you know, the torch has been passed to us. We are a different generation yeah. and it's time for us to make love really actionable, you know, mm-hmm. and to bring love into all of these conversations. And, and, um, it's just, I just feel like, you know, we're here to share that. And that means, you know, growing and acknowledging, you know, all of the stuff that we're right. carrying. Right. So yeah, I mean, the book is really, really, really good. Um, especially if you're his fan, but also especially because, um, you know, he talks about that stuff, which was really important for me to hear. Basically it was what I was saying. That's like great. he was somebody I really That's looked so up important. to and then it was his last autobiography. And I was like, okay, yes. <laughs> this is, I love that. I can't wait to check it out. And now finally, where can people find you and how can they support you? Well, um, you can find me at my Instagram, which is at bunny Michael. And then we also have an Instagram for the podcast at XO higher self. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the podcast. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash XO higher self. I also have, um, a, um, Vimeo at bunny Michael, if you felt like supporting mm-hmm. any type of way. Um, the Patreon is really cool because I've just started doing these like live episodes. So I'm like answering questions. Uh, people's questions like on zoom every month. So I'm doing the second one tomorrow and it's about higher self in your relationships actually. Oh, cool. Romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about that new part of the Patreon and, and yeah. And you have some really sweet, adorable merch. Oh yeah. And we also have like lots of cute merch. Yeah. Higher selfie stuff, sweatshirts and, yeah. and stuff like that. Well, thank you so much. If I haven't made it abundantly clear already, I'm so grateful for the work that you do. I think it's truly liberating. And I use that word so intentionally. um, And I feel so lucky to share this conversation with you and to share you with the Just Breakup audience. Um, To our listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to stay tuned for more Head & Heart Work conversations every two weeks on our primary feed. And if all else fails, just break up. 